We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. All right, obviously this team is not where you want it to be this season. In, uh, in... You, you, you think? You think? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, so it, it's not where you want it to be this, you know, this point of the year and really any point of the year. What is it that you you can take from the last month and a half of the season? Nothing. Well, there's nothing. nothing there's nothing you can do usefully with the last part of nothing. this year. Nothing. We're just trying to see how much time we have left to see how much improvement we can make. But as far as taking anything out of it, nothing. That's pretty much what I'm asking you. All right, Coop. Good luck tonight. Thanks. <laughs> Oh, I miss Don Cooper. <laughs> Don <laughs> really Cooper, do, Coop the Grouch. <laughs> I, uh, Ramblin' Grimace just oh. just tweeted an old picture he had made because I used to call him Coop the Grouch because he'd come on the morning show and it, it would sound like Oscar the Grouch, like somebody lifted the lid of the garbage can. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no. It's funny because there were times he really wanted to talk and he would just... And he's amazing yeah, when, he, he, when he wants to talk. The detail, yeah. the entertainment. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, it's so much fun. I, I loved talking to Coop every time I talked to him, either on air or off air. And then there were those times. <laughs> <laughs> what can you get out of the last month? Nothing. Nothing. All right. Well, I guess our work here is done. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> He's Chris Ranji, who no longer does White Sox pre and post right here on The Score for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, he is an afternoon uh, co-host uh, of The Fast Lane on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. And the Cardinals are here. And that's why on Hit and Run right now with me, Matt Spiegel, Chris Ranji is my guest co-host. My pal Daniel Van Kirk uh, coming up uh, and will join mm, us a little bit later in the hour. Looking forward to that. But um, why Chris Ranji? Um, why, why St. Louis? Uh, you're from down there originally. Yeah, Southern, I mean, why Southern am I, Illinois. Yeah, why right? am I there? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Uh, well, why you're from you? down there, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Real yeah, close. Look, yeah, there's a lot. Just across the river. Okay. Granite City. So you have. Steel Town. You have a, a very solid understanding of the Cardinals-Cubs rivalry. Yeah. I would say. And then you've been able to bring that to those conversations down there, bring the Chicago perspective down there. This is like, you know, for decades, the Cardinals were both the divisional rival and the institutional standard right. that you wanted to achieve if you were a Cub fan. And that moment in 2015 when the Cubs beat the Cardinals was massive. And then the last three years, the Cubs have finished ahead of them. Last two years, the Cubs were the one to knock the Cardinals out of postseason contention, including two out of three uh, last year on the last weekend. So, is 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 the chip has the chip reversed in, in your opinion from being on the Cardinals or on the Cubs' shoulder to now being on the Cardinals? Shoulder? I would say for the last few years, for sure. I mean, if if it's a, I guess you can look back a decade from now and see where things are. But uh, because the Cardinals had a lot of success, a lot of good luck, too. I I don't think you can discount that. But there was a lot of success over about a 15-year period. Mm -hmm. And maybe a little bit less than that, dozen years, whatever. But still a lot of success. Going to the postseason, if not in the playoffs, then you're right on the doorstep of getting into the playoffs. So them having missed now three years in a row, missed every year since since the Cubs eliminated them in 2015, 
they have not been to the playoffs. Uh, that is a that's very hard to take. Imagine that you know being here in Chicago for so long and missing the playoffs. Either one of these teams, White Sox, Cubs, mm-hmm. missing the playoffs three years in a row. That's not anything new. I mean, that was that was kind of the standard for a long time. And Cardinals fans got spoiled with all of those playoff appearances, with all those years where they were competitive, and now they've missed three years in a row. There's a lot of, I don't want to say there's apathy yet, because there's not, but there's this sense of, man, this team better prove it, because it, it, it would take a lot to get people to stop just entirely, stop entirely going to the ballpark. Mm. But if they miss the playoffs again, that would not be a good thing for them. Six out of seven years in the postseason leading up to 2015. And three out of five before that. So that's nine out of 12. And then three out of four before that. So that's 12 out of 16. Yeah. That's amazing. 12 postseason appearances in 16 years. Right. Which I think most fan bases would take in a minute. Of course. Oh, hell yeah. I'll take 12 out of 16. If I can go to the playoffs almost every single year, Mm -hmm. then yes, I'll be happy. But Uh, two World Series titles in there, you know? So so, so you got a couple. But yeah, it's like you always look back, looking back on the Atlanta Braves success. Man, they only got one. But boy, you'd take that. 15 straight years going to the playoffs. Looking back on the Buffalo Bills going to four straight Super Bowls. They didn't win any, but you kind of kind of wish you had those that kind of run. Hell yeah. A lot of organizations. Yeah. So but it and and that's the thing. When you get spoiled, you expect things and and I don't think Cardinals fans are wrong to expect them to get back to the playoffs because it is a team with a lot of resources for a smaller market, mid market, whatever you want to call it. Um, that team makes good money and they get great attendance every year. So what people expect is, all right, we're doing our part. Uh huh. We're, we're buying tickets. We're showing up to games. Now you go do your part. But one thing the Cardinals have not done is, is overspend. They have not. And, and you can make the argument. Maybe Dexter Fowler is, is overspending based on the production he's given you. But there's a difference between signing somebody for $80 million in five years and $200 million over 10. That's the kind of expenditure they don't typically do. But I remember when Pujols walked away. Right. It, it, well, was, they, it was just it was not going to happen. Now, they would they would offer that money and they did. I, I forgot exactly what the number was. It might have been 210 somewhere in that range. For a shorter range of years. Uh, eight but, to 10 years, somewhere in there. So a big offer. It was, comp- it was comparable to what. And I think after taxes, he would end up taking home more from St. Louis. But the. I do believe that there were some things that happened in their discussions. And he, he had said things at the time, like... Um, he wanted to go down as a forever guy with, with well, like Musial and stuff. Yes, but he had also said, and I'm paraphrasing, that he, they didn't show him respect when they were making offers. I have since heard that they did kind of lowball him, that they that they offered him a bunch of money, but a ton of it was deferred. Or incentive-based. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Angels are like, here's a bunch of money. Come play here. And well, so he said, okay, fine. At the time, it was a trick bag that only some organizations had realized. Now everybody realizes that you shouldn't do it for a guy of a certain age, and it's just not worth it to pay for ages 38, right. 39, 40, 41. Miguel Cabrera and the Tigers, Albert Pujols deal, are, are the current deals you look at and say, you know, we can't be the team that does that. Right, well, which is fine. I think, though, the Cardinals are a team that's that's willing to do that, 
if they know you, if you're already in the organization. What they have not done, though, is go sign Bryce Harper, somebody that has not played for them yet. They don't really know him all mm-hmm. that well. There were rumors that they were they were that they were there. Interest. I don't know how there they were. Quite honestly, they didn't, as far as I know, make a strong push for him or Machado, which, I mean, there are 15 teams that should have been in on both of them. Uh, yeah, and, and with, they without, without a, you, you could argue that just about every team in baseball probably should have been. Yeah. They're 26 years old. Mm hmm. And and those kind of, that kind of player and look look around the league those kind of guys are not going to be free agents again anytime soon. They, that's exactly the point. And you know that's I don't know. I think a lot of teams made a mistake by not going hard for both of them. But at any rate, the the Cardinals have been very frugal about the way they've spent money. It has worked for them. I do- because we we have joked for decades that. They have a factory. They have a factory where they create ball players. They've done a really good job that, of that you've never heard of, and you're like, where? Who, who is Tommy Pham, and where did he come from? Yeah. What is a Stephen Piscotti? Who are these people who then just kind of show up, and you're like, Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung. That's a Paul that's DeYoung. A, where he was created in the factory, the factory a, that, that makes Cardinals, uh, uh, you know, like like four A guys who suddenly become really good major league players. It's funny you say that because there was a time. It, it, well, it was when they first called him up in 2017, and it was a Cubs fan that had either tweeted at me or something. And he said, oh, great, another guy the Cardinals invented. Yeah. You know, because he... That came from me and Goff. Me me and and Jason used to talk about it all the time, that there was a factory, that they just like, all right, what do we need here? Right. What did George Kissel say is in the recipe here? Now let's put some... But but, uh, when I say that flippantly... But they, they were one of the first organizations to have a way, to have a structured development plan... That also informed their scouting plan and informed the way that the big league club played to have that unification that later we would look around and say, oh, you know who else has that? Tom Kelly and the Minnesota Twins have that, you know, and then you look around Well, the Orioles have it. But there's a connection between the Orioles and the Cardinals. The Earl Earl Weaver started in the Cardinals organization and brought that stuff to Baltimore. So the cards were one of the first ones to have that. There are two parts of the equation. One of them is to have a good system in place. And I do believe the Cardinals do. The other part is luck. You, you, it, it's not an exact science that you hit on some of these players or that, you know, the, the, the talent has to be there on the part of the player. You mm-hmm. can't just bring a guy into your system and then make him a big leaguer. It, it, and some of that is, I don't think, predictable. You know, you don't know who it's going to click for. You can see, everybody can see raw talent and tools, you know, but you don't know who's going to put it together. You don't really know... Five years from now, which guy's going to have that aha moment? I get it. Yeah, you don't really know when that's going to happen. So, so you they, stockpile had, as many as you can. You get as many as you can. I, I think they've done really well in finding the talent, but also in in being fortunate in how some of those guys have played out. Mm-hmm. Six seventy. The score is where you are. It's hit and run. Matt Spiegel. I am your host, uh, but uh, Chris Ranji is here today and enjoying the hell out of this. All right, so. How much of the red-ass chip on the shoulder remains now that Mike Matheny is gone? Mike Matheny was an extension of, of Tony La Russa in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, I, 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 it's funny because Derek Lilliquist got fired the other day in Washington mm-hmm. as the pitching coach. And I always think of Lilliquist as, as the guy, and I remember him as a pitcher for the Braves and others, but I, I, I think of him as the guy who was the bullpen coach when La Russa signaled for nobody. 
<laughs> Remember when Tony Larusa signaled and there was nobody warming up in the playoffs into the bullpen, and then eventually Lilliquist is the guy who took the rap and said, "Nope, that was my fault." I, uh, but no, it was a senile moment for Tony Larusa. Who was that did it for the White Sox too? Terry Bevington. Bevington, that's yeah, the right, Be- Bevington that's right. did it. Yeah. He went out and signaled for somebody, and nobody was warm. <laughs> that's just awesome. I know, way. but that's really awesome. That fits Bevington, Larusa. We were like, yeah. "Oh boy, Tony's losing it." Well, okay, okay so but anyway, so how, it, is it still there now that Matheny's gone? They, it, well, no, it's just it's different. They're they're all three of them are different styles. I guess you could argue that Larusa. Had a bit. He he could get the ass, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, Matheny was wound so tightly all the time, and and did not appear to like being challenged very much. He had a very regimented way of see. I think guys can get away with being regimented as managers, but for some reason it works for some and it doesn't work for others. It worked for Tony Larusa. Mm. It did not work for Mike Matheny. And there were players who just did not like uh, approaching him. And I think Fowler was one of them. Fowler just was not comfortable. So Hmm. Fowler hitting better this year, I think producing better overall. And he is doing that right now. He's been, he's been really good for them though. He hasn't played, uh, he hasn't played in every game, but through 28 games, he's looked really good. I think a lot of that is health. But also a lot of it is he's just he's more comfortable in that clubhouse. There's a manager that, you know, there's a, there's a I, I, again, I don't think managers are the end all that some people believe. Mm. I think they have some effect. I don't think they have as much as people believe. But the one thing they can do that is the most beneficial is create a good environment. And I th- I, I believe at least so far he's done that. Let's take some calls. 312-644-6767 to call into Hit and Run. It's Matt Spiegel and Chris Ranji today. This is Jason in Highland Park on the score. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, gentlemen. Love your show. Great uh, great point, by the way, on uh, Terry Bevington. <laughs> I don't know if I'll sleep tonight now. but uh, I, I was saying it was fair. He was saying it was foul. It's the other thing about Bevington is Bevington once went out there and argued fair and foul with an umpire, and eventually he did a duck season, rabbit season, and got turned around on whether he was arguing about whether it was fair or foul. That's awesome. <laughs> True Perfect. story. Yeah. That's awesome. Perfect. Uh, guys, I was going to ask the baseball card, the Cardinal Baseball Factory. I'm a diehard Cubs fan. I grew up in down, uh, central Illinois. Huge Cardinal fans down there. Annoying as heck. The thing is, you look at their draft record. I mean, they 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 do have this guys come out of nowhere. But you know, Paul DeYoung was a fourth round pick. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, second guy, second Piscotti was a first round pick from Stanford. I mean, it wasn't like uh, they took some guy from Boise State playing baseball, made him a great play. I mean, they do they hit so much compared to every other team, and you're right, it's because of that. It's more because of that. They've got that scouting facility, uh, the resources that they used better than everybody else for so long. I mean, I think they have a pipeline of guys throwing 97 uh, and coming up and killing the Cubs every year like nobody else in baseball. I think it was a great point you guys made. Yeah, I guess I appreciate the uh, the clarification on some of that stuff. I, you know, some of it is because guys came up later in their career. I mean, Piscotty felt a little – I don't know. I don't remember how old Piscotty was. I know that Pham, who was a 16th-round pick in 2006 – doesn't really show up and help the Cardinals until 2015. And then it's, right. then it's like, who is this middle-aged man? He was like 20, yeah. yeah. 29, I mean. Yeah, yeah 29, right. I think, when it, he finally. Exactly. You know who's another one of those guys? is Daniel Descalso. 
Daniel Descalso, yeah. who was a real good Cardinal utility guy and is now here and Cub fans are getting a look at him. That's another one of those guys who's like, where the, where the hell did this guy come from and why can he do everything? Right. And so and, and when you bring up um, DeYoung, who was a fourth round pick, I think that's a good example of what I was talking about earlier in having some good fortune. Because if you think DeYoung is going to be that good, you don't draft him in the fourth round. You take him immediately. Right. You know, you, you take him as soon as you think he's, uh, you know, it. it you don't ever uh, pass up on Mike Trout if you think Mike Trout's going to be Mike Trout, right? Yeah. You don't have 20-something teams take a bunch of guys like Randall Gritchick ahead of him. Right, or uh, Jared Mitchell. Jared Mitchell, <laughs> that's one, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So uh, there is a lot of good fortune in this. This is not even close to being an exact science. So the Cardinals have, have a good system in place, but they've also had a lot of good fortune that's gone along with it. Uh, uh, by the way, Descalso, a third-round pick. So, it, it, again, you know, you got you got a hit on those. This is Tom in Cary, Illinois, on 670 The Score. What's up, Tom? Hey, fellas. Enjoying the show this morning. Good. Actually, I grew up in Central Illinois, too, and uh, uh, as a last caller. And that whole Cardinal way started, I, I think, in the early 60s when it came out of the Dodgers because Branch Rickey became the GM in the early 60s of the Cardinals. And, and there were two teams. Cardinals and Yankees, or I mean the Dodgers and the Yankees, that, the Dodger way and the Yankee way. Mm. And if you think that there's a great book, David Halberstam's book, October 1964, details that whole thing of that World Series with the, the Cards and the Yanks. The Yanks were on the decline and the Cardinals were ascending. And uh, Branch Rickey was GM and had installed that whole Dodger way with the Cardinals. And if if, if you remember, that that started that whole – 60s run of great, great Cardinals teams, you know? Yeah. 64, 67, 68. And then, of course, the Orioles in 69, 70, the A's and uh, uh, the three straight World Series with the A's. But but I, I attribute that whole Cardinal installing that system to, to when Branch Rickey got there in the early 60s. Was- I, lo- I lo- lo- love going back uh, historically and thinking about it that way, Tom. Thank you. Yeah, Branch Rickey, he signed George Kissel as an infielder. Kissel, yes. And so Rickey, uh, Kissel works for Rickey. Mm-hmm. When Kissel was managing the Winston-Salem Cardinals in 1950, he had Earl Weaver as a young second baseman, and they forged uh, a bond that would go on forever. And Earl Weaver learned some of that stuff there. Kissel also advised Tony Larusa to go into coaching along the way. Like this, this stuff, it carries through, and it takes it takes great mentors uh, to do it. And if you talk to these guys today, they'll then uh, they'll they'll tell you. you they know? still talk about George Kissel. He's mm-hmm. been he's been gone for a decade. And he still seems to be pretty ingrained in the fabric of what they do as far as their organizationally developing players and whatnot. He he is still, still to right. this day, spoken of very highly. Like, it, it, it's almost like, a, well, would George Kissel have done this? Would George Kissel have done this? Yeah. You know, that. It, it, that's how they talk about him still. S- Stephen Piscotty was 24 when he first came up. So he does yep. fit that 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 mind frame of Tommy Pham of like, who are these middle-aged men who all of a sudden can play baseball? He's Chris Raji, and he's going to stick around until I tell him he can leave, and that's not yet. It's 670 Damn the it. score, unless you want to go. It's uh, it's hit and run. Keep it right here. Daniel Van Kirk going to join us later this hour as well. I was, I was meaning to say, well, I'm getting confused now. I was meaning to say foul. I was saying fair. Lou was saying fair. We both were saying fair. So the umpires, I guess, said, well, okay. They, so they left it fair. That's what happened. I mean, instead of saying foul, I was saying fair. I meant to say foul, but I wasn't saying foul. Maybe I was thinking about Robbins when he thought it was foul and it was fair. 
and I was out there yelling to run. So it was like one of those, uh, what's uh, who's on first, what's on second situations there. You know, again, I, you know, I'm thinking I'm saying foul, but I'm saying actually saying fair, and who's saying fair? It's like, well, well it's fair, three outs. So I was meaning to say foul, but I, you know what, I, you know, I don't know if it's fair or foul, to be honest with you, we don't have an angle, but it just shows you that, that honesty pays. <laughs> I think they won the game, which is why I said that honesty pays, but that's Terry Bevington. He was manager from nine, mid-season 95 to the end of 97 for the White Sox. That's Pinella, right? He's got to be talking about Lou Pinella. Lou somebody. I am not even remotely confused. Uh, so, yeah, My he God, went out yeah. to argue fair or foul, ended up saying the same thing as the opposing manager. I, I don't know how many times I've heard it, but <laughs> after about the fourth word of fooul, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm done. Like, I, I don't have any idea where he's going with it. I just, I'm, he gets, I'm he gets yeah. lost. It's over. In uh, September of 1997, in the eighth inning of a game, the White Sox were winning over the Indians three to nothing. Um, the White Sox started to get in trouble. And Bevington went out there and got one guy from the bullpen. Tom Fordham was first. Uh, he didn't pitch so well. So then Bevington went out and he signaled for a righty from the bullpen. The only problem was that nobody was up in the bullpen. Nobody mm-hmm. at all. So Keith Folk uh, came into the game completely cold, having thrown no pitches at all. Folk comes in. He intentionally walked the first batter just so they could get somebody else warming up in the bullpen in yeah. case Folk didn't yeah, have it at all. Good. And then this opened uh, opened up the floodgates. The Indians won 8-3, to three and Bevington was fired at the end of the season. So other than that, it was a good run here. Well, Terry. at least it wasn't the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, Terry, we're go- we're going to go a different direction. Already? <laughs> yeah, man. That was a little bit. The hell was that? Well, uh, Chris Raji, I know you're in St. Louis. And I know you're having a good time. But you do know that um, maybe my favorite fact in Chicago's vaunted history is is what happened in 1900 with the engineering marvel of of our times when engineers figured out a way the to river. Re- they reversed the flow of the Chicago River. So the festering sewage which was creating a problem for downtown Chicago in terms of disease and foul smell and unpleasantness, essentially. It was uh, diverted all the way down the river eventually to St. Louis. So I'm wondering if you're still enjoying the collective sewage of Chicago. Well, I got to tell you, um, it, there, there isn't any. Like by by the time Are you sure? Yeah, if there's if there's sewage coming from Chicago, by the time it makes it several hundred miles down the river, uh-huh. uh it's not really there anymore. Seriously, it's just not that that river is way too wide and way too big. It's mm-hmm. all diluted. Is the, it, the only thing the is only it okay thing if river, I still think of St. Yes, Louis yeah, yeah, whatever you want. as as, yeah. as people down there just like driving sure. by like oh there's sure. uh, there's the crap of somebody from Barrington Illinois do you know or what, like uh, there's there's uh, you know all, all the all the sewage from from Prudential Tower one and two has just rolled up onto my lakefront property yeah the the only thing that you'll find in the river is uh, debris and um, mud that's it, it is a, it's a hell of a you river sure that's man. mud you sure that's yeah, mud I think it's mud Are you it smells positive? like mud. All right, well, then then how about this? I think the Cubs are the class of this division. I do, too. I think now that we have looked this far into the season and the Cubs have responded from the 2-7 and seven start by going 16-5 and, and five and are now 18-12 and 12 here on the 5th of May, the rotation has established itself, even with a very expensive mercurial fifth starter in Hugh Darvish. 
the bullpen has righted itself. Uh, the offense has been explosive, and that was for a while without Rizzo and Bryant hitting. I think I think the Cubs, you know, even if they're not in first place by the end of tonight, I think the Cubs are the class of this division. Well, until they are beaten, I think that you kind of have to consider them to be, right? I mean, they're, they're, for the last several years, they have been the class of this division. The Cardinals are an improved team from 2018. I think they are good. I don't really know in the end how good they're going to be. I don't. They can win the division. I don't know that they will. And being a half game up right now is is a function of them getting off to a really really nice start in the month of April and winning the twenty games. I think they won twenty games out of their first thirty, which mm-hmm. is the first time they had done that. And I I forgot what the number was, but it was a long time. So that's good. But there's a look. The, the Cubs lineup is exceptional. The Cardinals are hitting right now. Right now, they're they're producing right along with the Dodgers as far as is the runs per game they're scoring. So that's been there. The bullpen has been there mostly for them. Mm-hmm. When they get a lead, they hang on to it. That's been mostly true. It wasn't true yesterday, but um, but that was Michael Waka who gave up the slam. But it is a uh, things look good right now. I do have questions about their rotation though, and I always did. I had questions when the when the off season was happening. I don't think they did enough, even though they have a lot of young arms that are good that they can call upon if they want to. They have good depth. Depth is only good if you don't have to go to it all the time. Car- Carlos Martinez is coming. Yes, right? and he's going to pitch out of the bullpen when he comes back. Yeah, so, that, so that's it, definite. He's definitely going to be a bullpen unless piece. something changes. Because what was said last week was there's something about him that he doesn't feel comfortable. And I think it's because of, I don't know if he's got an injury or if it's arm strength or whatever it is. But it's just a very odd situation. They don't feel like he can stay healthy Mm. if he's pitching uh, in the rotation. But I think they need him to be in that rotation. You you need that guy in there in order for things to go well for them this year. How about Carlos? Or sorry, Alex Reyes, because because he's now back at Memphis. Yeah, right. So he's starting games. I eventually he's going to find his way back into the rotation. I don't know when that's going to be. Though. What an arm! What, yeah. what an unbelievable arm. People still talk about him in glowing terms, even though there have been many, many injuries and, and stops the along the way. problem is that you don't know. You, you don't know about his health. Mm-hmm. He, he had an injury, came back from it, had a major setback with another injury, and now he's trying to return from that one. So, you know, this mm-hmm. is going to be um, – their starting rotation situation is going to be interesting. But I will tell you this. Jack Flaherty is legit good. He's – He's legitimately very, very good. Yeah, Miles Michaelis, I think, is okay. Well, you see, now he I, was terrific last year, and then, yeah. and then, and then, unexpectedly, this though, yes, yeah. he wasn't supposed to be that good. Nobody thought he was going to be that good. They, I think most of us thought he might be okay. He turned out to be outstanding for them. Mm-hmm. It was unrealistic to expect that again. Maybe he gets something close, but I don't. You know, I'm not. I'm not seeing it happen. Yeah, but I, I think that their rotation issues could end up really hurting them at the end of the year or everything's great and it works out. I don't know. I well, don't really know. Either way, um, it, it's, it's enjoyable to, uh, when these teams face each other and I like that they're both good. Yeah. That, that makes, that makes it a little more fun. Yeah. But, but we were talking about earlier the, the whole Bryant and Molina thing. And I, I, I thought that was fun. I just, I thought that whole thing was just, 
I thought what Bryant said is what you do when you're in a crowd of Cubs fans, right? Speaking to them to rile them, you crap up. on the rival. Of course, that's what you're supposed to do. Yes. And Molina maybe it was a little over the top that he responded, but I kind of like that he did because mm-hmm. it added an element between the two teams. Though I'm a little disappointed, nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. I, I think about Madden from 2015. We don't start stuff, but we finish stuff. We don't start it, but we finish it. And that was in in, in, right. in regards to Matheny and the Cardinals hitting somebody for what Madden thought was no reason. Well, and and it, so that edge is gone. I, I I miss Mike Matheny in that way. Yeah, he. Nah, I don't. Not really. Yeah, I'm over it. I don't think many people miss Mike Matheny as a manager. <laughs> I don't even think the Cardinals do. Chris Ranji, this was a pleasure, man. Thank you for I had doing a good it. Time. Thanks good. for asking me to do it. Absolutely, Chris Ranji can be heard in St. Louis on a 101 ESPN. The Fast Lane is the afternoon show. If you're not listening to ours, listen to him. But you really should be listening to ours. Yeah. Or well, to him. No. Yeah. Hey, where's my check? Uh, oh, it's coming. And the the black car will will take you back to wherever I, you I came from. I asked for a black car. You know what I got? What's I that? Walk. You did right. That's why I walked here. And then Eli went downstairs to get you. Yeah, it's after cool. After you just stood there waiting, no chairs, mm-hmm. no nothing. There's no couch or anything. Oh no 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 no. We don't. Have, maybe you but have hey, that that big St. Louis money. Hey, it's good to see you. You too, man. Hope you're doing great. Thank you, buddy. I am. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, all is well, and uh, and we'll do this again sometime. Thank you. All right. All right. I hey, miss what, you, people. What? what? What was that trade deadline when we did a streaming show? You remember that? That's the only uh, I, other time we ever yeah. worked together. Yeah, I think. What was going? I was just thinking about that the other day. I don't remember what was going on that we weren't on air. What, was there a game? We're carrying a White Sox game. Okay. We're carrying a White Sox game, but it was the MLB trade deadline. That's right. And so you and I commandeered the stream, Mm -hmm. and somebody had already opened a scotch after the midday show. Hey, oh. So, yeah, that was fun. That's why I don't remember at all which year it was. 2010. Okay. 11. Sounds good. 12. One of them. That's for sure. It's 670 The Score. Daniel Van Kirk is going to join us in a moment right here on Hit and Run. It is Anthony Heron and Nick Shepkowski at the top of the hour. Thank you, Chris Ranji. Love you, buddy. We'll be back in a minute on The Score. And now your host, Chris Ranji. It is not Chris Ranji. Chris Ranji is on uh, other duties right now. I was like, hey, you know what? I'm a movie star. But I can do a comedy too, okay? Did you guys see Ted? I destroyed that f***ing movie. <laughs> Do you guys see Pain Again? I let The Rock be in that movie. <laughs> he was like, Mark, can I be in a movie with you? I'm like, yes, you can, Rock. <laughs> but you gotta stand behind me the whole f***ing time. That's a very solid Mark Wahlberg for my next guest. Stand-up comic Daniel Van Kirk is here on Hit and Run. It's Matt Spiegel with you. Bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football. Join Coach Fitz in the Big Ten West Division and Holiday Bowl champions at Ryan Field this fall when they host Ohio State, Iowa, Michigan State, and more. Season tickets on sale now at nusports.com. Daniel Van Kirk is a Chicago kid, man. <laughs> a Rochelle boy and a Chicago guy. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and somebody threw you at me years ago because... You used to very frequently mm-hmm. um, do a Doug Buffon impression yeah. doing Bears Post. That is right. We are live from 670 at 670thescore.com. I'm your host, Doug Buffon. This segment's brought to you by Majestic Star Casino, the Artful Dodger, and the Big Nasty. We'll be right back. <laughs> and you and OB. So, so you would do Buffon, and people would be like, you guys have to f- know each other. You have to find each other. <laughs> it worked. And, and it worked. And we have since found each other. And we realized here, and why? I wanted to have you in here is like 
You and I bracketed the 2016 Cubs season. Season. From front to back. Right? In mm-hmm. some odd odd ways. So we became friends just like that. We might be the only positive thing to come out of Twitter. <laughs> is us being friends. Yeah, it could be. as possible. <laughs> um, you can find him at Daniel Van Kirk on Twitter. And he's on Dumb People Town, mm-hmm. which is a hilarious podcast, yeah. which is you and both the Sklar's. Sklar yep. Yeah, we Sklar host that show together. Yeah, I, I first heard about you on Sklarborough Country. Um, but Dumb People Town is, is ridiculous. Who were you just telling me you guys? Uh, we have on? a live show in L.A. at Largo, which is kind of like a comedy haven right. in Los Angeles. We have a live show this Tuesday night. So if anybody's traveling or uh, picking this up on the stream, uh, Tuesday night, it's uh, Amy Mann, mm-hmm. Tim Heidecker, and John C. Riley. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. And we're just going to be t- doing three goofy news stories and joking around. That's and somehow a- I've tricked people into letting me do this. Well, well done. Thanks, buddy. Well done. Um, but so, so 2016 spring, uh, I am in Arizona. I'm mm-hmm. at Mesa and doing a show. I forget what partner I was on. <laughs> but you were there watching a the Cubs game in yeah. the, in, in, on the lawn. Yeah, we ended up sitting together, yes. starting out. You had obviously already been there, but that was the, my, I started my Cubs season, the very first game I saw with you. Sitting on a lawn, kind of uh-huh. sweating, that like kind of Phoenix sweat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just enough that you wish you had. You don't need a towel, but you could use a washcloth. <laughs> I could always use a washcloth. <laughs> really, we're just like Cedric the Entertainer on stage, sitting in <laughs> sitting in the lawn seats. And yeah, that's how I started. And uh-huh. I bought a woman's spring training Cubs hat because th- the women always have the best designed hats. I don't know. There's some sort of thing of like, well, men just want to see. Like, no, give me some cool colors. Give uh-huh. me give me a good look here. So I bought a hat. That hat. That season, starting with you, I took that hat the whole season, and I ended it with you, Game 6 World Series. So you were wearing that hat. That that day. And I wore it when we hung out at Game 6. When we hung out at Game 6 in Cleveland during that World Series, Mm -hmm. and and we hung out after Game 6 with you and your Uncle Ken. Yeah, it was the best. See, and, and, and that year, I mean, I feel so kind of privileged, not kind of, I just feel so absurdly privileged to have been a part of 2016 in that yeah, way. And I've, yeah. I've written some about it on my site and stuff like that. But like, you know, went to four games that World Series as media and two as a fan. It's crazy. <laughs> and, 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 and just to hear and be a part of so many personal stories and yours with your Uncle Ken. Yeah. So y- y- remind me, remind me this story, Daniel Van okay. Kirk, because you guys had the hat. You, you, had, you yes. had somebody's hat that you brought right. with you. So I ended up with tickets to game six and I started with my mother and then I went to my grandmother and then to my brothers and then to my aunt and then to my uncle and every person was telling me they couldn't go to this game with me and i'm like oh is this a bit are you guys doing the worst bit and then started with my cousins finally my cousin could go and then my uncle uh ended up finding out he could go so uh-huh. my cousin was like dad you go so we went out and when we left rochelle to drive that morning to game six in cleveland from chicago to from, cleveland uh, i knew yeah. from rochelle yes. yeah from rochelle we uh he was wearing a Cubs hat, and he said, uh, this was, because this was, he's pay, he passed away, my brother Dan's hat. And he, he get, didn't get to live to make it to one of these games, but his hat's going to go. So he wore his hat to the game. So we get there. We get the tickets. We're, we're like, it already feels great, right? How what an amazing! No matter what happens, yeah. But this is what I, I think and, I'm on a text this year. And, you texted to me, and they're down three two. They're three, down three two, uh-huh. and you said to me, "You go, hey, no matter what happens, you're going to watch a team. You're either going to watch the Cubs win, or you're going to watch a team win a World Series. So how many people ever get to even do that? Right. Watch a team right. win a World Series to get to be there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, 
We like get the tickets, and and my uncle goes, I think that's Ryan Dempster. And I go, come on. And he's kind of half a block away, so I do that half like, <laughs> where you kind of yell. Turns out we end up meeting Ryan Dempster, obviously, as you know, one of the best guys. Such a good dude. And then we end up at the game, watch that whole game. Mm-hmm. And um, before we left, we got down to the Cubs dugout, and my uncle took his brother Dan's hat, and he put it on the seat on top of the dugout, and we uh, took a picture right there for him. Uh it was amazing. So, so your, so his brother who had passed and didn't make it there, right? His hat his ends hat, up dude. being a part of that moment, right yeah, there. Yeah, immediately yeah. after they win. That that that's that's in my collection of 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 the great stories that you heard about from that year, and just like guys going. Like driving, remember the, remember the dude who drove a few hundred miles so he could sit by the gravestone uh-huh. of his father uh-huh. with his with his smartphone and a little portable charger, listening <laughs> to Pat Hughes on this radio station. Yeah, the best. Just sitting there in a graveyard in the middle of the night with like just you know a, yeah. a chair and a and a little cooler <laughs> of beers, hanging out, listening to ball games. And then I got a great text from you right after that nice sentimental moment where you were like. You want to have a drink? And I said, yep. And I don't even remember where we were or where I found you mm. at some bar yeah. celebrating as well. Yes. And and we ended up hanging out there. It was just, you were the perfect, like, bookend to that season see, for me. See that You're part of my story, man. We'll always have 2016. <laughs> <laughs> follow up. Follow Daniel Van Kirk on Twitter. He's, uh, he's great fun. And then today, you're at Zany's. You're, you're in town because you're at Zany's today? Yes. I yeah. love this. So you're on Doug Benson's podcast, uh-huh. and he is a funny, funny mf And it's, of course, at 420 this uh, afternoon. Mm-hmm. Well, where, when else would it be? When else would it be? So, yeah, uh, Zany's out in Rosemont uh-huh. at uh, 420 today. He's doing his podcast, Doug Loves Movies. I will be a guest on that. People can come out and become a part of the show. You bring a name tag. You get picked by one of the guests. That person plays the games uh-huh. in uh, tribute of you. And if you if they win, which would be me, uh, or the other guest, uh, you win a whole bunch of prizes. It's a really fun comedy show. We did a stand-up show last night in Zany's. And it's, I mean, wow. Zany's is one of the best clubs in the country, downtown and Rosemont and St. Charles. So that's why everybody comes through. Everybody comes through and does yeah. it. Um, how are you feeling about this, this Cubs team? This Doesn't year? it feel like, you know when you get a group of kids together that are cousins, like for the holidays, and they first they spend the first hour just running around, and then after a couple hours, everybody we can settle down now, and you kids will shut up. Uh, I feel like the kids have finally settled down, and it took what like a month, yeah, or certainly that two and seven, yeah, it, it, it was it was awkward. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, at one point I. I try not to be negative on social media, but I wanted to tweet out, uh, well, the, the positive is I'm really enjoying this room on the bandwagon. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> right. Oh, no, you kidding? For this show, I was preparing. I was thinking about, all right, do I have to do a bit? If the Cubs are going to be awful, uh, what hobby could you pick up mm-hmm. and learn between mm-hmm. now and the end of the year? Like, if you decided instead of watching Cubs games, right. I'm going to play piano for an hour. Oh, every time there's a better game, yourself. How good could you be at <laughs> piano by the end of the year? Well, the thing is, too, my always the thing has always been this with the Cubs. If you're gonna be bad, be bad early. Right? I, I mean, even early in games, so that at least I get to hear Pat and Ron talk about anything else for like two and a half minutes, because that's what it's just great radio uh-huh. in, on its own. So, like, well, because don't give me like a, we're gonna blow this in the eighth. Right, give me right. like you blew it in the third, sure. and now I get to really hear. Like another version of how Ron hit a home run. Right, like, right. And I love him. 
It's the best. See, and 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 in terms of the season, if you're gonna suck all year, then start early so I can tune out and begin my my other ideas. Right. Um, yeah. So we don't have to do that because I, I was gonna have a a piano player like call in every week and be like, "All right, here's what doing? I'm working on now." Oh, that's great. Here's working on this week. Oh. I'll save it. I'll save it for some other year Thankfully. when when the teams suck. Yeah. I uh, mean, I was at that. I was the opening weekend. I have. I was doing a festival in Dallas, so I went to the Sunday opening weekend Sunday game against the Rangers, and you could see the, oh, the bats were great. I mean, they scored like 10 runs that day. But is that, is that the game where they had all the errors? I mean, there was... I think so, yes. It ended on an error in the bottom of the 10th, I believe. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just like, oh, we just can't. We just can't hold back any water. I, I like that analogy. So the first hour of the family party and all the kids are running around like crazy, and then everybody settles in and they figure out who they're going to play with. Because right now, <laughs> right. especially these last two days mm-hmm. with the Cardinals here... The Cubs have reminded you that they are the class of the division. Yeah, and when you and start when you start seeing stuff like yesterday with Javi and that 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 ball, the the call, the questionable call at fair or foul, yes, yes. and then he just comes back and hits a home run. Right. You're like, this is when it's going good. This is the thing about a hot baseball team. There is an undeniable contagion mm-hmm. about it, and I what I love about Madden is that he feels that, and he's such a freaking hippie. I mean, do you hear the, this quote from Madden? That our guys are pretty sharp mentally right now. That's really what's controlling all of this. The game begins. We've got a nice edge about us. Analytically speaking, it's hard to describe, but it's a feeling it exists. There's another dimension out there, brother. <laughs> it's Madden. Right now, oh. when you're playing in that other dimension, everybody feels it. You've got to ride it as long as you can. See... Most people would drop one dimension, like just a one dimension, and then kind of steer back to where, like, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, but no. he leans in. Leans We're going to go in. double dimension on this quote. We're hanging in the dimension. He <laughs> <laughs> just got to ride it out, man, as long as he can. Daniel, uh, thanks, man. Oh, thanks for having me, yeah, brother. You got it, man. It's good to see you. Let's make some more good memories. Deal. Uh, at Daniel Van Kirk on Twitter and everywhere else, and DanielVanKirk.com. Thank you also to Chris Ranji. For being my guest host today, that was fun. And Omar Vizquel, the wizard Omar Vizquel, now the manager at Birmingham. Uh, thank you to Eli Hershkovich for a great job. Eli, is this your last one with me, or do I have one, one more? more? Thank God. Bottom of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Dogs. Baseball, hot dogs, fireworks, it's baseball with everything. Tickets now on sale for the Chicago Dogs, your premier minor league baseball team. Opening day, May 17th. Fans will receive an iconic hot dog costume and set a world record for the largest pack of wieners in one location. <laughs> Purchase tickets at thechicagodogs.com. Shep and Anthony Heron are next right here on 670 The Score. At 670.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 